chapter 16, verse 7 through 11. Psalm chapter 16, verses 7 through 11. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 16, verse 7, I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reigns also instruct me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also shall rest in hope. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. This is our text verse. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Bill Cashman, would you please pray? Amen. Our text verse again, Thy wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Again, our title is just simply follow directions. That word direction means aim at a certain point. Uh, pointing towards in a straight line or a course as the direction of good works to a good end. You're headed somewhere and there's a direction you're going to. Another word, as I explained earlier, is another word for that word direction in the Bible is the word of, in the word of God is path. That word path means the way, a course or a track where a body moves in the atmosphere or in space as a path or a planet or a comet or it means simply means a way of passage, a course of life. Job said he marketh my, all my paths. The precepts and rules described, prescribed and we understand uh, tonight that God tells us precept upon precept, line upon line. He teaches us, he molds us, he makes us, he gives us everything that we need. Uh, it means a course of providential dealings and moral government. In Psalms, 25, Psalms chapter 25, the Bible says, All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth to such as keep His covenant. So we understand that a, core, a direction or a path is a direct course. It's, it's a way or a passage. As I was talking about the vacuum cleaner, they had a specific way. You operate this machine in this way, this is the result that you will get. Robert 
Kupferschmied was an 81-year-old man who had no flying experience. However, due to a tragic emergency, he was forced to land an airplane. On on June 17, 1998, he and his 52-year-old pilot friend Wesley Sickle were flying from Indianapolis to Muncie, Indiana. During the flight, the pilot slumped over and died at the controls. The Cessna 172 single-engine plane began to nosedive, and Kupferschmidt grabbed the controls. He got on the radio and pleaded for help. Nearby were two pilots who heard the call. Mount Comfort was the closest airport, and the two pilots gave Kupferschmidt a steady stream of instructions of climbing, steering, and the scariest part was the landing. The two experienced pilots circled the runway three times before the somewhat frantic and totally inexperienced pilot was ready to attempt the landing. Emergency vehicles were called out and ready for what seemed like an approaching disaster. Witnesses said the plane's nose nudged the center line and bounced a few times before the tail hit the ground. The Cessna ended up in a patch of soggy grass next to the runway. Amazingly, Cooper Smythe was not injured. He listened and followed those instructions as if his life depended on it, and truly it did. When biblical faith is rightly understood and applied, it doesn't matter how many doubts we have. It doesn't even matter if we're convinced that all is lost. But what matters is that we have enough faith. No matter even the size of a grain of mustard seed, the Bible tells us. That when it's applied to follow God's instructions... And those who do will get where they're supposed to go. And they don't wind up somewhere lost far from home. And I was thinking about that. And if we decided to get in the car, many times we do this about now. uh, You know, if you, the first time we went to see Kathy Steins, I punched in the address on my phone, gave me the directions, and it told me how to get there. Or I could go online and I could put the the coordinates in and it would print off and I have directions on how to get from 131 Duke Street to Moses Cone Hospital. And if you went down there to see Kathy, you realize how important those are. (laughs) Anywhere you go anywhere. One time me and the preacher was going uh, to Charlotte to to a hospital that we hadn't been before. I had an address in my phone and the printed directions in my hand and we still got lost. If you decided to bake, ladies, if you decided to bake a, a birthday cake, you can you have a, a recipe, and that recipe will tell you, it'll give you everything that you need. It'll tell you all the ingredients. And then it'll tell you how the instructions here or directions on how to mix those ingredients. And then it'll tell you how to uh, long the cake is supposed to be baked and all just exactly how it's you're supposed to do uh, to get the result. Now, most of you ladies probably know how to bake a cake. You've got your own way, so your own flavor, so you might not need the, the recipe, but you know the directions. And for us men, we just get the directions to throw them away because who needs that? It's just a simple swing set. Uh you know, I mean, who needs that? I mean, 
And even better yet, get you one of those charcoal grills in a box. Praise the Lord. You don't, you sh- they shouldn't even send directions with those. I mean, they're so simple to put together. Me and Roger Leverett put one together one time, had a whole bag full of parts left over, but you just couldn't keep the wheels on it. They kept coming off. So I, I printed off a set of instructions for a swing set. And it gives detailed instructions here on just exactly how to put this swing set together. Make sure you got all the parts. You're going to need these tools. And this part goes here and this part goes there and all of that, you know. And, and when you follow the instructions and you don't try to jump ahead, you will get the result that you want that's supposed to be achieved. Because you followed the directions. You followed the path that the people that made it tells you how to put it together. As a product engineer in the furniture factory at Progressive, and I've told you this before, we got into KD furniture. And me being the engineer, I had to write out the instruction sheets on how to put a piece of furniture together. And then once we got it done, we we got it uh professional looking, looked like these would. And then we picked out five people in the plant and had made five sets of parts and they had to be able to take my instructions and go into a place by themselves and put it together in a certain amount of time. That was real fun. But when it, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit different because it's our lives. But God says if we'll just follow the directions... If we'll just follow his instructions, if we'll just follow the path that he gives us in the word of God. Again, our text verse is, uh, Thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy and at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. God says, if you follow my instructions and you do what I tell you to do, you're going to have a good life. He did not say there's not going to be any bumps in the road. He didn't say that there's going to be some problems along the way. But those problems that we see and that comes in our life uh, are put there to help and make us a stronger child of God. Proverbs 4.26 says, Ponder the path of thy feet and let all the, the, thy ways be established. He says on in Proverbs 5 and 6, Lest thou shouldest ponder the path of life, her ways are movable, that thou canst not know them. Our lives are always changing. Tomorrow, your life's going to be different than it was yesterday. We're going to need more instructions. We're going to need the direction of God to get where He wants us to be. Every morning coming over the road, I pray, God, help me to do everything today that you want me to get done. And Lord, help me not to waste my time and your time on those things that you don't want done today. Because we all have more than we can get done sometimes. And we need, we need to do things right. We want to do what's pleasing unto God. And we can endure because the Lord gives us guidance and direction on this path of life. He shows us where to go. He tells us what to do when we're sensitive to God and let Him speak to us. And the joy from His fellowship helps us to endure the things that God has for us. And that joy strengthens us to go forward for Him. And the pleasures that we receive from the Lord now... And in eternity helps us to be steadfast in the Lord because we want that joy. So we want to do what God tells us to do so we can experience and know that joy that He has for us down here. We've got so much to be thankful for here. So let's go back there and look at that word. those words are the path of life. What does the Bible have to say about our path? Well, I want to know because that's where I live. 
That's, we are day by day, in and out. We, we live our life here on this earth. So what, God, what does God have to say about uh, the path for the believer or the direction that God has for us? I'm not trying to change the Bible, but it is a path. And it's a direction that God has for us to go uh, in our life. Number one, the direction or path of the believer is sometimes it can be confined. There are many times that the Lord may slow us down by blocking the way or shrouding it with darkness uh, because He wants to strengthen our faith and getting our attention or, or changing our direction will help us to understand that that's what He has for us. Job 19, verse 6 to 8. Know that God hath overthrown me and hath compassed me about with His net. Behold, I cry out of wrong, but I am not heard. I cry aloud, but there is no judgment. He hath fenced me up my way that I cannot pass, and He hath set darkness in my path. Job knew what God was talking about here for his life to be confined. Lamentations, the writer says, He hath enclosed my ways with hewn stone. He hath made my path crooked. He's, he's confined. And folks, whatever God puts in our path, it's there for our good, not for our hurt. God literally blocked Balaam's path and confined the path of Paul uh, going into Asia. In Acts 16 and 6, he said, Now when they had gone throughout Perga and the region of Galatia and were forbidden by the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, Paul wanted to go to Asia and preach, but God said, No, not now. So he blocked that path. Numbers, we all know the story of Balaam uh, about the donkey there. He saw the angel standing in the way and his sword drawn in his hand. And the donkey turned aside out of the way and went into the field. And Balaam smote him to turn him the other way. We know, we see there, and he actually wound up talking to the donkey. But God put up something in his path uh, there to help him, to get him where he needed to be. So his, his, his path was confined. I wonder tonight, is the Lord throwing up some roadblocks in, in your life? Right, right now, this day, to get your attention, to change your direction. You know, sometimes when those things come in our life, our first thought is, well, that's just the devil trying to stop me from what God wants me to do. But sometimes it's God trying to stop us or to confine us to stop us uh, from something that might hurt us. I know many times that God has protected us. And I've heard people stand in this church and say, I didn't understand what would happen, but I found out if I'd went a little further down the road, there was a bad wreck and that could have been me. And you just never know. So we just need to simply follow God's directions. There may be also times when, when those who are foolish and wild and, and wicked uh, want to hinder us on our path. But God tells us just to simply follow Him. You know, sometimes people give us a hard time uh, because we're Christians. They want to test us. They want to see how many buttons it takes to push to get you to explode. Just to see if you're real. A Job again experienced this. He said, they mar my path. They set forward my calamity. They have no helper. So not only do we see the direction of the path of the believers confined, but we see in Job 13 and 27 that it's also controlled. God is in control. Job said, Thou puttest my feet also in the stocks and lookest narrowly into my paths. Thou settest a, a print upon the heels of my feet. What he's saying there is God watches and directs our, our steps on our path. He said, us, he said there that phrase, Settest a print upon the heels of my feet. That can also be said uh, to cut or carve a limit for our feet. Thou gavest me a carving and marchest line for the soles of my feet. Some people believe that they would actually 
cut the bottom of their feet. You know how you and I will get cut and it'll leave a scar. They say, they think that sometimes that the, especially on, uh, for the slaves that they would cut the bottom of their feet and it would leave a scar and they would put certain marks on her to identify who they were. So if they tried to run away, they could look at their footprints and tell who it was and where they was going. Now, one, some commentaries say that and some said there's nothing to it. But Job said, Job said, as we read in your hearing, Thou puttest my feet also in the stocks and looked us narrowly uh, uh, unto all my paths. Thou settest a print upon my heels of my feet. So it very well could have been. And see, uh, Paul said in his letter to Corinthians, What know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have a God and you're not your own. So see, we already belong to God. There's, you've been marked. If you're saved, you've done been marked whether you like it or not. You start talking about Jesus. You start putting some tracks in your pocket. You start carrying your Bible. You start getting up on Sunday going to church. You go into a restaurant somewhere and buy your head prayer your food. You just mention Jesus to somebody and boy, you're marked. But praise God, we're marked, amen. That's the good thing about it. When God comes back to get us, he knows exactly who we are anyway. But David spoke of God's control and his surveillance on our path. He said in Psalms 37 and verse 23, The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord and he delighteth in his way. God says He orders, He gives us the direction, His steps for our direction or our path in life comes from God and God wants us to understand those, uh, to know what they are and to understand them, to listen to that still small voice. That word order there means uh, to be prepared, firmly established and fixed. Whatever God says, that's what I want to do. That's what pleases God and that's what I want to do. He goes on in Jeremiah uh, and says, O oh Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. It's not in us. The flesh will not accept the direction. The flesh don't want to follow God. But the Holy Spirit of God that lives within us. He, Jeremiah said, O oh Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his step. The flesh don't want to follow the direction that God wants to go. That's why that battle is always going on. That's why God says just simply follow the direction. I'll give you the path if you'll just follow the direction. David said, He restoreth my soul and He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His namesake. Then he said, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. God said, you keep your eyes on me and you just follow my eye and I'll show you which way to go. And he will speak to us and help us. Not only all of that, but he is, number four, it, it is constant and steady. David said in 17, Psalm 17 and verse 5, Hold up my goings in thy past that my footsteps slip not. That can also be, say, my steps have held fast to thy past. My feet have not slipped. Folks, the Lord is the one who gives us stability in an unstable world. Boy, uh, I've been sitting up at night and listening to the conference going on that the preacher and Darlene is in and the night preaching. Uh, uh, and if you want to tonight, you just simply go on our slconference.com and you can watch it live, just like you're sitting there, just like we broadcast live here. Uh, and boy, that's what they've been talking about is, is, is the Lord who gives us stability in an unstable world. Because men of God all across this world and land, uh, it's, 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 we think it's bad here. Folks, these people are facing, and they all through the comments, they've been talking about that bill that's up out there to, to, to ban the Bible. 
and, and the things that's going on out there that hasn't made it way across the country yet. But he holds us up and helps us to walk in the path of righteousness. If we just follow him, if we just obey the directions, we obey his word. And see, making the Lord our master and making up your mind to serve him will give you the stability that you need in the path that God has for you. Is make up your mind, I'm just going to go with God. Whatever God says for me to do, that's what I'm going to do. It don't mean you will always get it right, but it means it's in your heart that you want to do right because God's going to allow us to fail so that we can understand it's not us doing it ourselves, but it's Him doing it through us and being sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God. To what God has. James warned us what happens when we're double-minded. He said a double-minded man is unstable in his all his ways. I don't know about you, but I don't like being around people that are unstable. I don't like being around people that I don't know what they're going to do. Some, the Bible talks about they're unstable as, some people's unstable as water. I want to know what to expect out of them. I, I don't want, I don't want some, I don't, I don't like being around people. You can get in a mess of trouble doing that. Uh, you can you can be in a, you can get in a whole mess of trouble because people don't care. People seemingly in the day and hour that we live, some folks in this world they don't have a conscience hardly at all. And some the Bible talks about people their conscience being seared with a hot iron. But the Bible also tells us that the scriptures clarify your path and make it shine. David said in Psalms one nineteen one o five, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's not something dark that you and I cannot get. It's not, the pastor uh, cannot have a walk with God that you and I cannot have if we so desire that walk. I'll never forget Matthew preached a message here one time in the youth conference to the young people. Actually, he preached in the youth conference, but he's preaching to the mom and daddies. He said, you want your youngest to be like me, but you don't want to pay the price that it takes to get somebody like that. To understand the discipline, to understand the correction, to understand what it takes that goes into that. And that's what David was saying here. He said, the light is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. He, uh, Solomon goes on in Proverbs 4.18. He said, but the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. God says, uh, we learned Sunday. God said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. So we know the light's always there. We know that God does not change his mind. He clarifies our path. He makes it to shine. Then he goes on, number six, he said, Our path is checked and scrutinized by the Lord. David said in 139.3, Thou compassest my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. God constantly keeps check on us. Remember, he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Everything that we need, God said he would supply. He said, thou compassest my path. God's always on our path. He knows the path. He knows us. He knows what it takes to keep us on that path. He knows there's no surprises on the path. There's no, there's no, uh uh-oh, I gave you the wrong set of directions. I've changed my mind. I want you to go another way. God has a path. Now, sometimes God does change things in our life. Remember, we just talked about he puts a roadblock or there's something. Or sometimes when you grow to a certain point in your life and God says, okay, now you're to a place where I can use you. Now you're to a place that I want to, I want to do this with you. It's not that God's changed his mind, but God knows the path already. That was already a part of the plan. 
He said there, uh, that word compassionate means to, to sift or scrutinize. God keeps a close eye upon us. And he's intently interested in our lives. See, God, don't, God just didn't put us out here like some people think. He said, okay, you're saved now. Just go do what you want to do and everything's okay. And when I get ready for you, I'll come back after you. That ain't what God does at all. God knows every thought of our, the mire of our bones, every thought of our, our mind, and everything there is about us. If someone says, no one cares about you, you need to know that's a lie. Because God does care. He never, he said he sticketh closer than a brother. He said, I'll never leave you. He knows, he knows the, hair, the hair of our heads and everything there is about us. I went to the barber shop this morning to get a haircut. It was that bad. The barber asked me, he, he, uh, he got the clippers and he stood here and he said, do you want me to leave the top longer than the sides? That's what he asked me. And I said, I said, now what did you say? He said, uh, he said, brother, do you want me to leave the top longer than the sides? And I about halfway almost started getting mad. And uh, I started to say, what are you talking about? And then I thought, well, I'm going to go with the plan. I'm thinking, he's thinking the top of what's there. Do I want to leave that longer than this? And I said, well, there's not much difference in it, so let's just take it all down to the same. And I thought, he said, oh, okay, I just wondered. I thought, whew, God, hallelujah, because I thought, man, asking me, I mean, I know I'm bald. These young'uns around here reminds me all the time, even when I forget it. Brother Ronnie, are you bald? No, I'm not bald. I just grew through my hair. But sometimes God has to stop us and help us and make things clear to us. Our path is cleared and smoothed by God. Hebrews twelve thirteen, And make straight paths for your feet, lest thou which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Isaiah said, The way of the just is, the way of the just is uprightness. Thou most upright dissuade the path of the just. God clears our path. That word uprightness there means evenness, straightness, smoothness, or level. That word way means to make level smoother or to weigh. And thank God when life does get bumpy, the Lord has a way of smoothing out our life. You ever been to the place when you think, my God, what am I going to do now? I mean, I'm saved, I lived for God all these years, and now things are just, it's just one thing after another, and you feel like sometimes that things just stack up against you. And you just think, well, okay, God, is this it? You getting ready to take me home, or is this it? And then all of a sudden, all those things just kind of just go away. One way or another, they just seemingly just go away. God just clears the path. Those things are in our path to help us to understand God. That's, when those things get there, that's when we really, really want to get a hold of God. That's when it's not just, Lord, thank you for this food in the hands of prayer. Bless this day. Amen. It gets more than that. That's when you hit your knees and you go to God and you don't want to get up to God answers. That's when you come over, uh, you get in your prayer closet in the place where you are and you go in there with the intention, I'm not going to leave that place till I hear from God. And sometimes with the intention of your heart, it might be five minutes, sometimes it might be five hours. 
I heard a man say this past week, he, went into, he was in a room there for six days. He never eat anything and he never drank anything for six days. He went to a meeting, to a revival meeting. He was just a young preacher out of college. He went to a revival meeting and, and uh, he got to, to the church and the pastor's out working in the yard and at the parsonage house and he says, the brother, I'm here for the meeting. He said, what meeting? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't schedule you here. And his next meeting was a week away and he had $36. And the man there... Uh, at the motel, he said, I'll tell you what I got, son. He said, I got a room back here. I'll rent to you for six, for $6 a day. He didn't have no money for food or nothing else. But he said, for six days, I never came out of that room. He said, I just, okay, God, you got me here for a reason, a purpose. And I don't want to miss what you have for me. And for six days, and now that man has pastored, he come out of that room and he has pastored some of the largest churches in the world. He's preached a hundreds of thousands of people and, and tens of thousands or maybe even more people getting saved because God done a work in his life. You never know when God has a room for you or he has a place for you. and He wants to clear everything out of our life just so he can talk to us. Then we're, we are to contemplate and study our path. Proverbs 4.24 says, Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Contemplate it. Think about it. That's what he's talking about here. Proverbs again. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. That word ponder means to watch, consider, to make straight level. Think about what it is God has for you. Sometimes we get up on, uh, on Monday morning and we go to work and we'll say, Okay, weekend's over. Now it's time to go back to work. So church Christianity's off to Wednesday because it's all I can do to get through to Wednesday. But it should be when we get out of the bed in the morning on Monday morning, the first place we should go is to God. And God, help me to walk with you. God, I know I want to walk in that path that you have for me. God, I, want, I know you're with me and I don't want to leave you and I don't want to walk off from you and I don't want to get ahead of you. I want to stay right where you're at, Lord. He said there in Haggai 1 and 5, Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. God said, think about it, contemplate. We don't, want to, we don't want to do this thing haphazardly. What if Jesus would have lived his life haphazardly? He would have never been able to go to the cross and die for our sins. What if he would have said, well, bless God, that crowd slapped me in the face. I'll show them. What if he could have, you know, he could have done that. He was fashioned in all points as a man just like me and you. That temper that you and I have was in him too. He could have went the same way. Luke 12, 24 through 28 says, Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more of better are the fowls? And which of you, with taking thought, can add to his stature one cubic? If you then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take you thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothe the grass which is the day in the field... And tomorrow is cast into the oven. How much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? Every time we look out across the yard, we're reminded God's taking care of us. But instead we look out across the yard and say, Oh God, I've got to mow the grass again. Amen, Kenny. You've got to be mowed. <laughs> All of our grass, whatever it is, Whatever's in our life, we've got to take care of it. But God says, you just think about the ravens. You think about the grass. You think about all those things and remind us, hey, God's taking care of them. 
Boy, the birds up around our house, God really takes care of them. Some of them so fat, I don't see how they fly around. I know the cats love to get one every now and again. One writer writes, Years ago, my father was searching for our family roots and had occasion to visit several cemeteries and read inscriptions. There was a tombstone on which was engraved, Pause now, stranger, as you pass by. As you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so soon you'll be. Prepare yourself to follow me. Someone had placed a piece of wood next to the tombstone. On it was written, To follow you, I'm content until I know which way you went. God says there's two ways to go. Are you here tonight? Are you following God's directions? Are you following the path that God has for you? Or are you still on your own path? Do you... Are you in a place where you say, well, you know, I know more about what I want for my life than God does. Now think about that saying. You're talking about the King of kings and Lord of lords. You're talking about the Son of God that knows everything, has all power in heaven and earth. He sees all, knows all. He's everywhere all at one time. And you're saying, you know more than He does. That's what you're saying. Beware of going the wrong direction. Any of us are capable of going the wrong direction. We can just decide, I'm not going to go with God no more, and I'm going to change my path, and I'm going to go back the way I came. But maybe here tonight you've never been saved, you've never trusted Christ, and you're going the wrong direction. Thank God, as many tracts say, God allows U-turns. But it's not really a U-turn. God will change you. When we confess our sins and ask God to forgive us and we repent, that means we have a change of heart. That means we turn from walking the way that we are and we head in a different direction. And God said, when you change from that way to this direction, I'm going to go with you and I'm going to watch over you and I'm going to give you the direction. I'm going to give you everything you need to go on that path. Proverbs 1 and 15 said, My son, walk, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. Folks, I remember when I was lost and undone without God and all my friends. Boy, when I got saved, one of the first things I knew right off the bat, I didn't, I didn't have to know anything about the Bible, but I knew my friends that I'd been hanging around with was lost without God. I knew it because there was, they were the same. But God done something in my heart. He said in Proverbs 4.18, But the path of the justice is the shining light that shineth more and more into the perfect day. I saw people that if you, don't get, if you don't allow God to change the direction you're going, you're going to wind up the same place I was going. I mean, I, I, I don't know about you where you was at, but I honestly believe in my heart, if I hadn't got saved the night that I got saved, I would not have been alive when the sun come up. I believe that as much as my name is Ronnie Watts. I believe that with all my heart. God had dealt with me and dealt with me and dealt with me, and it come to the place where either you're going to believe me and trust me or it's, it's done. That's, that's where I was at. And boy, I'm telling you right now, when they give that, that, that in, uh, invitation, I didn't care. I wanted that preacher to shut up so I could get to the altar and get saved. I thought, I'm going to die and go to hell before he shuts up. Then I went up there and all the, they pray this, read this and that and thing. Oh, God, wait, is this all there is to it? I mean, I, this something, I thought there's something going to happen. But when I come out that door and start across that parking lot, I said, God, I'm going to believe you anyway. And right then... It's when my life changed. And it's never been the same. It's never been the same. God changed my direction. The only thing I could do was just believe what God had already done. And if you're here tonight, God will change your direction. He'll take you from that, from that 
broad way and put you on the narrow way. And that's where he's at. James 4, verse 14 and 15 said, For as you know, know what? For as you know not what is on to tomorrow, for what is your life? It's even a vapor that appears for a little time and vanishes away. For what you ought to say is, if the Lord will, we shall live to do this or do that. You don't, you're not promised to tomorrow. If you're, on that, if you're on that wrong direction path, you're on that broad way, you need to get off of that. See, our path can be crooked and strange sometimes. Isaiah said, 42, 16, And I will bring the blind by the way that they knew not. I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked things straight. These things will I do unto them and forsake and not forsake them. God said, your path can be crooked. And it's going to be crooked. It's going to be strange sometimes. But sometimes the Lord will lead us in that strange territory into areas that we've never been before uh, for maybe some kind of uh, whatever it is in our life to help us to grow our faith and to help us and strengthen us to understand you can't go through this by yourself. And you know, uh, that's part of growing in the Lord. So we just need to follow directions. Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him, but I will maintain mine own ways before him. Boy, I tell you right now, that we can say that. Boy, I tell you, I don't care if God killed me, I'm going to trust him. Then one little thing happened, and we're almost mad at God. God, I wasn't expecting that to happen. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't thinking about that happening. I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about that phone call from the doctor. I wasn't thinking about my car blowing all to pieces. I wasn't thinking about my house burning down. I wasn't thinking about all those things. I wasn't thinking about my health going bad. I wasn't thinking. And young people, you graduated high school, you might think everything is going to be rosy and, and, and I hope it is. But that don't mean there's going to be bumps in the road. And all through your life, God's been preparing you for this time in your life to make that step into adulthood. And thank God, I believe you're in a place that's helped to make you make that step. But God says, I'll make that step with you and I'll never leave you. And I'll never forsake you. Number 10, and this is the last one. We are to call upon the Lord and seek Him about our path. David said in Psalms 27, 11, Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. See, Seeking God's direction and praying for wisdom will help you make the right decisions on your path. He said, if you lack wisdom, ask and I'll give it to you. But you don't get wisdom by just mediocre. You got to want it. You've got to desire it and want it. And you got to be in a place to get it. I love Brother Steve Dagenhart. He sat down up here and he's talking about people had not been in the church. And I said, yeah, pray for us, preacher. You know, well, we believe God's going to move. God's going to take care of it. We don't go to church no more. We, we can't read our Bibles. We hardly ever pray. But God's going to, probably not. Not, not. not wisdom, not the things that we really, God said he'd supply our needs. He's going to do that because you're saved. But the things he, the path that he has for you, some of those things you're going to have to pray. And that's what, because God wants to know you really, really want them. That you, they're the desires of your heart. And God said he would give us those desires. But he wants to know what's in our hearts. So God simply says, we just need to follow his directions. And follow this book right here, what God tells us to do. When the pastor stands up here and preaches the word of God, and, and God speaks to our hearts, and we know that it's God, don't, get, don't blow up at the preacher. Take it up with God. God, you spoke. You spoke through him to me. It's your word. That's all the preacher's doing. 
is trying to help you to understand what thus saith the Lord and what God has for your life and what God has for our life because He wants to lead this church on a path that leads to, to heaven and a path that leads to pleasing God and being faithful and obedient in the things of God. So I guess the question is this. Are you following the direction God's given you? Are you doing what God has for you to do? Or has God spoke to you about doing something and you're refusing to do it because you think that you can't do it, that you're not capable of doing it, whatever it is. Maybe it's witnessing. Maybe it's simply just, I I just don't know that I can hand out a track. You can hand out a track and never open your mouth. Or you can say, how about reading this? Or you can strike up a conversation and talk to people and say, you know, they said, you know, I really want to be saved. You can take the back of that track and lead somebody to the Lord. Or you can have your Bible or a testament. And I know some of you ladies carry your pocketbook and you carry a, a, a soul winner's testament in it. And you can tell somebody about the Lord. What, whatever it is that God has for you to do. And whatever it, whatever it is, if you're a Sunday school teacher, or you work on the, in the bus ministry, or you work in the sound room, or you work in the clerk's office, or you're an usher, or if you're, if you're one of the men that goes back here in the room and prays, whatever it is that you do, if you clean the church, or if you mow, whatever it is that God has for you to do, do you want to get closer to God and follow His directions to help you to do your job just a little bit better? Not for you, not to be seen in your class or lifted up in the church, but because He wants you to. Because it pleases Him. And you know that that's what He wants. Let's all stand, please.